Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. So uh, I'm Vance Plant. I live in uh, upstate New York, and I uh, currently raise trained feist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got into the whole hunting racket. Actually, I grew up in a hunting household. Uh, my family was all from way up in northern New York, up near Canada. Yeah, that's uh, you're you're and, not too far from Canada, are you? So about three hours now, or two hours and forty five minutes from the border. And uh, growing up, we were kind of poor. Or, or I'd say pretty poor. My dad was the only one that worked out of the house. My mom mm. stayed home, kept us out of jail. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, life went on from there. But it was always a hunting household. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot like out of necessity and trapping and uh, a lot of trout fishing in northern New York. And bullheading and catfishing. And, you know, folks, a lot of folks think Lake New York is mostly city. But most of the states I've hunted in, they're, they're not as real as upstate New York. It's yeah. actually like growing truthfully growing up i had the best childhood i grew up out in the woods didn't even know i was really poor mm-hmm. and um it was just a, a life that y- y- you read about or you know we were allowed to hunt and fish and use our own minds and build forts and yeah my dad and his dad were huge fox hunters okay and then when the coyotes came in they came into the area i'll say sometime around the early late 60s early 70s and they ran their dogs on both mm-hmm. And, and sometimes they'd run them on coons. They might have a dog that tree a coon here and there, and they'd run them on coons. And uh, what kind of dogs were they uh, running? Like they were fox running walkers. Hounds? Okay. Yeah, foxhounds running walkers. Maybe mm-hmm. some some of them might have a little July or a little trig. Yeah. But mostly, you know, running dogs and a uh, few beagles. And I had neighbors that were. They kind of lived like the Beverly Hillbillies. That the Beverly <laughs> Hillbillies were really poor, and uh, they had all these animals running around, and they had every dog under the sun. And they had coon hounds. And I was like maybe 12 years old. There you go. And I went coon hunting with them. And I and I got the bug. Mm-hmm. And I plead with my father, who was like, you know, raising nine kids, you're, you're like basic and practical. Yeah. I'm not having any coon hounds here because all they do is bark. <laughs> coon hounds are barkers. Foxhounds sleep all day. They spend all their energy running the foxes. And uh, uh, so I, I never could have one. And then uh, I graduated high school. And I went to New Hampshire, and, and it's ironic how things happen. I went to New Hampshire, uh, stay at my sister's, and I, and I worked at a acoustics place putting up ceilings. And my cousin kept saying, go hunting with me. Come come run foxes with me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to go run foxes. I did it my whole life. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And he had a black and tan and a blue chicken beagle cross that he'd go run foxes for three, four hours a night, maybe three nights a week. Honest to goodness, the first night I went with him, the dog street a coon. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man, this is karma. And but then they ran a fox the rest of the time. Yeah. The next time I went, they treat another coon. So I went back to New York. I got a coon hound. He didn't pan out. And uh, but I had the coon hunting bug from from then, from the time I was about seventeen, eighteen ish. And I raised coon hounds uh, and hunted them. And I hunted some beagles and a few bird dogs, but mostly tree dogs. I like my buddies yeah. were bear dog hunters. Okay. And. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's mostly what I hunted, and then I don't know. I uh, I uh, ended up moving to this part of the state because of love. Oh. I uh, I met. Oh yeah, I met my bride <laughs> at a. I met my bride at a coon hunt. 
<laughs> nice. True, true story. We were showing against each other on a bench show, and I, I was fresh out of the military, and I said, if I beat you today, you can buy me lunch. If you beat me, I'll buy you lunch. <laughs> and that was it. We've been married for over 30-some-odd years. Um, uh, she does all the squirrel dog stuff with me now. She did the coon hunting stuff with me. Uh, in between raising our family and stuff. And, and uh, I stayed with coon hounds, mostly English coon hounds, had a little bit of everything else, mostly English. Okay. And then, um, I don't know, the, the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, you see full cry and these curs and all these dogs. And I got, I drove all the way to Ohio and I bought three curs. Okay. Well, hang on. Before we get too much into squirrel hunting, we got to back things up a little bit. Yeah. What kind of hound, what kind of coon hound were you showing that day? I was showing an English coon hound. What was your wife showing? Blue tick. Oh, okay. And who won? Me. <laughs> and she bought the pizza. And I got her away from the blue ticks. As, you know, I'm sorry to all the blue tick guys as quick as I could. Big <laughs> beller and barking blue ticks all over the countryside. And, and then uh, uh, we raised English hounds for, for quite a while and had some fun with them. And Nice. Had a few red bones, and, and you know, the plot guys always sucked into getting a plot now and then, but it was <laughs> mostly, you know, 80% English. And, okay. And, and um, basically, that's what we had. And and then, I don't know, I you read all these stories about these curs, and I kind of like the looks of them. And we drove to Ohio with my son, and I got a, I think about one or two curs at the time. We ended up with three or four overall in the early 2000s. Where'd you get Might have been all one in Ohio. And the thing is, I didn't, I'll, I'll say this. They were from a good guy and a good breeder. Uh, um, nobody squirrel hunts in New York with dogs. Nobody I knew of at the time. Yeah. And it's a whole different thing. Really. It's the same, but it's different. You're hunting with a dog. It was just different, the squirrel hunting thing. And I, I, I'll say I did not do very well with it at the time. I didn't okay. have anybody to help me. And I would say I, I, did, I did not do the dogs justice. I ended mm-hmm. up giving away as pets. They were kind of gray dogs. And, and, and I got rid of them as pets, and they didn't pan. And I uh, fooled with some coon hounds some more, fooled with a few herding dogs, and I got ready to retire. And I hate losing. I hate going out. <laughs> I played sports. I coached sports. I don't like going out losing. When I got ready to retire, I said to my wife, I don't want to be a loaf. I want to get either a bird dog, and I kind of just fancied Brittany's, so the red and white like an English hound, yep. or a squirrel dog. And before I retired, I got squirrel dogs again. And I'd had a few, and, and that's that's how I got in the squirrel dog racket. And mm-hmm. if, if the feist would have been like they are today, 35, 40 years ago, and I would have got to hunt with one then, that's all I would have been Okay. I'd have gotten away from the hounds altogether. I, I really like the feist. Where'd you get your first feist? Um, I got my first feist. I bought um, one of the dogs I'm hunting now. He came from a guy in Mississippi. Wayne Welford had him. I think he might have changed his mind, whatever he was doing, and I bought him as a pup. And then I bought um, a broke dog out of another state. Um, and then I bought a pretty nice cur uh, from another fella, a nice young cur. And I was fooling with them. And you got to kind of filter through things. And mm-hmm. I, uh, the cur was a tree dog. And I ended up reselling her. And I'm like, I'm not going to have two breeds of dogs. It's too much of a hassle going to these hunts. And I ended up getting uh, selling the cur. 
Um, I got rid of the one feist and when I was looking for, I was looking for a dog. I wanted a, a dog and I, I uh, called a guy in Kentucky and you know, like I always say, I'd rather be lucky than really any good at anything. I'd rather be <laughs> lucky in having a good friend or yeah. be lucky in love than to be good. And I, I don't even know. I, I didn't even have, I wasn't even getting full credit at the time. And I seen this guy's name pop up on a thing, a couple different guys. And I called one breeder and he was kind of, maybe it's because I'm from New York. He was like kind of coy and uh, standoffish. <laughs> you didn't trust that Yankee up there. Yeah, maybe that Yankee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And not that friendly. And so I didn't really spend a lot of time talking to him. And then I got on the phone and I talked to a guy named Chad Wagner. Okay. And we talked a lot about dogs. He was a beagler, then a squirrel dog guy. And uh, um, just we had a number of phone conversations. And, um, I drove out to the National Current Feist World Hot. What year was this? Uh, that was in, I think, 19. Okay. Yeah, it was like in 19. I went out there to that hunt and uh, uh, didn't do too well. That was the dog I ended up selling. Um, good road, phenomenal road dog, not a good walk dog or, or a dog that's going to get out too far. Gotcha. You know, But he usually had the squirrel probably 75% of the time, but. Mm-hmm. He was a ro- really more of a, ro- a really road style dog guys and ears. Yeah. And I got to meet Chad out there and I got to meet uh, another really good guy by the name of Donald Barnes. And um, I learned a lot and I went back hunting and I was trying to get my dogs and I would drive all the way to Kentucky and I went hunting and I had, I think like three dogs at the time that were so, so ish, you know? Yeah. And, uh, my wife's with me and I don't ever like to keep a large amount of dogs and Chad's hunting his male dog and a female dog and they're tearing up the woods. It's they're, they're putting on a clinic. Yeah. And so she keeps grabbing my shoulder, like buy that dog, buy that dog, buy that dog. And I'm like, I'm not buying that dog. We got three dogs. And, and so lo and behold, I came home and, uh, my male dog was starting to come around. He was young and, uh, Chad called me. And I said, hey, uh, uh, he's an unassuming guy. He don't really say much about his dogs. And he said, hey, uh, I got a guy. There's a deal. I'm going to sell some dogs for him. If I, get, if I there's something you like, I think there might be something you like. Come on down. And uh, so when I went back down, I um, hunted with this little female that just tore up the woods. And I bought her. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. She was a pretty nice dog. I mean, I, I was thankful for buying her. And then... Um, I came home and I was hunting her and I liked her and that other dog just like stuck in my head like glue. Mm-hmm. So I go back down there for the first train feist days, UKC event, first one they were hosting. We didn't really know each other that well. And we, we were both army guys, so I can get through anything for a few days, shared a cabin together. Mm-hmm. We got like six inches of rain in three days during the hunt. Jeez. And I had that female dog in, in my head. And to be honest, we're, we're in, he's sitting in the chair and I'm on the couch. And I had a little jubilation in me. And uh, I, I said, hey, I'd like to make an offer on that dog, that female dog. And I made him an offer. And I said, if, it, if it's not enough, that's all I can afford. Um, if it's too much, let me know. And he goes, that's a really good offer, Vance. I, I, I really appreciate it, but uh, I'm going to hang on to her. Mm-hmm. Okay, I went to bed that night. The next morning, we were packing up or doing something. He goes, "Where do you want me to tie that dog?" And 
And I said, would one of my dogs get loose? He goes, no, I'm going to sell you that jip if you still want it. <laughs> that was like the, up until this date, the best dog purchase of my life. Okay. Um, she was a demon. Um, I didn't even know what I had. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. And she just made trees and stayed treed. And, and um, I hunted with a few guys. And, and then I went to hunt and she just looked really good. Mm-hmm. And then I kept hunting her and hunting her and hunting her. And she just got better and better and better. And I ended up taking her down to the, it was when COVID just busted out and they had the first, um, they had, they were going to have um, feist days and the world hunt the same week and they combined them Yeah, because of the COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I go there, there's all these guys. I don't know a couple of guys I had met, but I didn't really know anybody. And I'm like, Hey man, there's some of these guys that got all really great dogs and all this. I hunted her. I, I, I won both my cast. Nice. And uh, I ended up winning feist days with her. I was kind of really shocked. I thought I was going to make maybe the top five, mm-hmm. but I but I had done enough to, to win it. Um, and then uh, the world hunt started the next day that first year, and we just had a bad situation. I drew two other guys you've had on po- podcast, Earl Reynolds, a gentleman, Eddie O'Dell, first time I met him. Okay. Seemed like a gentleman. We drew, we draw each other. And I'm like, they gave us an address to go to this place to hunt. We got lost. Oh, geez. It was a disaster. We, it, I was, my, my heart was broken for them because mm-hmm. I felt they were relying on me. Then he goes, Hey, I got a place we can go. It might not tree a squirrel, but it's a chunk of woods. And it was like deer woods. And we made, it was late, late when we turned them loose. We barely got back, and it was just, I had some circle. They, we were just trying to pull something out of the air. It was, yeah. it, was just a, it was just a bad deal, and that's part of hunting. That's the way it goes, yep. you know? Um, that's the way it goes. And, uh, and I hunted her quite a bit, and her name is Cedarwood Sally. Okay. Um, I left Wagner's kennel on her, and uh, she's been something. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty nice, pretty nice, probably one of the more, I would say, you know, tougher gyps out there i'd say to, to hunt with how she bred um she's out of chad wagner's junior dog and um a dog named old girl that's produced some other good dogs okay so there, there's something there she's got a couple sisters from different litters that are pretty good dogs a couple of them sold for even more money mm-hmm. uh, one dog had been sold a couple times um and so but she she was out of that world champion of Chad Wagner's his junior dog. Yeah, and she could just win squirrels. I mean, she's a she's a winning magnet, um, and and she's been nice to own. Um, and I've been thankful to own her, to buy her, and own her. Um, and we hunt her. She's six, and okay. we hunt her. We we've, we've hunted her quite a bit last year. Mm-hmm. My wife started taking her over and hunting her because I've been hunting a male <laughs> dog. So my wife's hunting her, and she's had success with her. She's, That's awesome. You know, she, yeah, she competes with the big boys, you know. She uh, um, plays Sally. I think we drove all the way down to Mississippi State Hunt, and she placed her third. And then at our training place base hunts a tough hunt. It's three rounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, she won two out of three casts. Wow. She was the high-scoring dog of one round. I don't remember if it was a second or third round, and she placed third overall, so... She beat Not a whole bad. bunch of us guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, she's a, she's been a pleasure to own. A real, real nice. No dog is perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been a pleasure to own, and I've been hunting uh, predominantly hunting a male dog since then. Gotcha, man. You guys put some miles on though, and that's kind of one of the things that 
led me to talk to you is like you live in upstate New York where yep. like you said, squirrel hunting is not really a popular no. thing. No. But yet you guys consistently your dogs are in the winter circle at all these different hunts and I'm like you're putting some miles in to get to those hunts. Yeah, we are. We're getting ready to trade our truck. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I, you know, the luck part, the big deal. I ended up, uh, I fell in love with the land between the lakes area. Okay. Um, um, it's hilly where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, those hills aren't as bad as a lot of the hills where we are. Uh, and the people are, are wonderful there. I have met some wonderful people and hunt with some wonderful guys down there. Okay. And so I ended up buying a, a place there. I call it my camp. It's, it's, it's a small camp, but it has all the amenities. And so, you know, if I'm not hunting in New York, I'll go down there in the fall, hit a few hunts, and then uh, I'll go back down in January. And it all depends on, you know, what's going on in our life, how long we stay. So yeah. that kind of gives us a place to hunt. So if we go to Mississippi from there, it can be like, we went to that, it was like six and a half hours. Okay. You know, or if we go to Missouri or Indiana, yeah, we're kind of in that corner. So like Illinois, I can go to clubs there in three hours. Um, mm-hmm. I can go to Indiana to Elnora. I think that's maybe two, two hours and 45 minutes or nice. And there's a few other places in Ohio. So yeah, we, 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 we sure make rounds. I like to go to, um, you know, the, the larger hunts, the oh, ones yeah, I can make. And, uh, usually we, we hunt two dogs unless there's, you know, something compelling where we can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so my wife will hunt her and then I have a male dog that I hunt. Okay. But yeah. We, 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 cover some distance and we've had a ball doing it to be honest. I've been, mm-hmm. I've been a lucky guy. I can say I've been lucky. I've had, um, uh, some really good hunts. Um, I hunt a male dog named Robber and he's a barger bred dog. Okay. And he came out of Mississippi as a pup, and I almost sold him twice because he frustrated me so much <laughs> when he was young. And uh, and it was like weird; it just like worked out that I didn't. He's a another good dog to hunt. He, he's a different style than the female. Uh, he's a bigger dog. Uh, he's got a big mouth for a feist. Okay. And, and all my buddies call him like a mini red bone. He's cherry red. He's a pretty <laughs> dog. Yeah. And I. Uh, um, I'm lucky. I, I ended up with guys that could, you know, I ended up getting dogs from guys that actually kind of knew what they were doing in the breeding pen. Awesome. And, uh, and actually his robbers, uh, a guy, Donald Barnes, uh, him and his wife, we've all become friends. There's a bunch of us and, and actually dogs he's had a lot of success with, uh, his feist or barger bread and Donald's, uh, it just happens to be, you know, not knowing at the time, but his dogs, two of his dogs that are still alive, they're old now are the grandparents to him. Okay. And they were pretty good dogs. He placed a male in a, in a world hot and, and, and he's won two world shows, uh, two UKC world shows. Uh, it'd be like, I guess, uncles and aunts of, of that male dog. But yeah, I, I, I mostly hunt him now. He's a four year old. Okay. And I've hunted him in, uh, two UKC world hunts and, and the, in the Claude Thomas world hunt. Yeah. And, uh, and I like them. They're different. They're completely different style of dogs. Um, and I like them both. And I'm always thankful to them breeders that are smart enough and they know what they're doing to get the right combination out there. You know, that's, a, that's, that's a good thing. And I, I always feel like the breeders, you know, guys will toot their own horns, but guys that do the research, um, mm-hmm. I don't, I've never met Stacy Barger. 
Yeah. So we have talked on the phone a number of times. Um, he's always been helpful and, um, he's always been super complimentary. If I have any success or his dogs in soul cry, he'll send me a message and always say, Hey, my dad will be proud or whatever. Uh, and we've talked about breeding a little bit on the phone a few times. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a good guy. They, 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 they did a good thing with their dogs, Definitely. you know, and, and I think more people should give credit to the breeders. Yeah. Um, um, you know, um, Donald Barnes has done pretty good with some of his breedings and, uh, Chad Wagner. It's, yeah. uh, I don't think the chapter's written on his dogs and his kennel yet. No, not at all. He's got some, he's got some really tough dogs and, and yeah. he's a good handler and he's a smart dog, man. You know, I'm, I'm lucky. I, I, I was lucky. I met him. And Donald Barnes and uh, uh, another guy out of Kentucky that was a big PKC guy, Leroy Gamble. Okay. He's like, I don't know, he's going to be 78, 79 years old. And actually, when I'm in Kentucky and everything's going good, it, Leroy and I, he's a cur guy, and we hunt together a lot when I'm down there, like a bunch of times a week. And, and nice. he, he, he has a wealth of knowledge, and he's a hard man on a dog. And after hunting with him the last few years, I can see why his dogs performed because he has very high expectations. Yep. There's no whining and crying and it, the wind can be blowing and it can be raining. Think we'll tree a squirrel. You, he'd always say, well, you don't know if you don't go. <laughs> and and we ended up going to pretty bad weather and I second guess myself sometimes. But yeah. I, I, I consider myself a lucky guy with some of the folks I met. Yeah, definitely. But I'll tell you what, guys that are hard to please and, ha- and, call hard they always have a good dog because they're hard to please so they don't settle like a lot of guys do you know it's just a matter of what pleases you and but like i said guys that are hard to please tend to be packing real good can, dogs you know ben it's what you can live with i'm very yeah. particular like that first little jip i got off of chad was a super good dog um um i placed her fifth um, i sold her back to chad because i was hunting that female my mail was coming on it's hard to hunt three or four good squirrel dogs and keep them in the woods. It's yeah. it's like going to work every day. You're hunting two to three times a day. And I hunt a lot, but mm-hmm. I, I just don't know if I have that much in me. And uh, uh, Chad, you know, bought her, and I had a dog come in heat at the world hunt, and my male dog broke like two toes oh, on geez. its foot. And I was thinking of still hunting them, and I said, Chad, get that jip over here. And he brought her over to my camp, and I, I hunted her, I think, one or two times. And I go, okay, that's my dog for the world hunt. She placed fifth. Nice. And she she hadn't been out of the pen, I bet you, because he was going to use her to breed with. She was a nice dog. She was finished out the squirrel champion, at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I placed her fifth. And, like, I missed the next round just by a sliver. And that was just, like, her, that afternoon round, she was a little tired. And, and yeah. it just, you know, it just missed by a sliver. Mm-hmm. And, uh and uh, Chad had her. She didn't come in heat when she wanted. And those guys that are hard to please, things happen. And a guy I hunt with, I uh, I, I know from New York, that had been hunting with me some. He said, you sold her. And I, I said, I didn't think you'd want to pay for her. He goes, I'd have bought that dog from you. <laughs> and Chad's a pretty good dude. And I called him up because I kind of felt bad all the way around. And Chad sold him the dog for the same thing that I sold her to Chad for, except he had to pay the shipping. Yeah, and so uh, uh, this guy, Denny's a seventy, like I think he's seventy four years old, and he hunts. So we're going to go hunt tomorrow morning together in the heat. And uh, he hunted in the world hunt. He doesn't really know anybody. He don't get on Facebook. He don't know the squirrel dog world. Okay. So he drew one of the best dogs in the country and lost by like fifty circle points. 
that dog is placed in a world hunt last year, won it this year. And he goes, yeah, this dog beat me. And I go, I, and I'm like, well, he goes, well, I beat me by, you know, I, cause she's a real squirrel dog. I mean, she's yeah. not a fake squirrel dog. And, uh, he drove all the way to Indiana, him and another older guy. And they hunted the dog of the year. They, 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 they didn't win their cast in that. And then that guy hunted her for Denny the next day. And he placed her seventh in the world hunt. <laughs> and I said, that's pretty good. You're driving 13 hours. Yeah. To a hot unknown territory. And, and the big difference is if you live in the North in March, even the end of March, you can have 10 degree weather, 15 degree weather. It could get up to thirties, Yeah, but it's cold. And then you go to Indiana where it's 50 degrees. Yep. Big temperature shift. It's a big difference for a dog. They got all their thick winter hair up here. Or you go to uh, Kentucky, Western Kentucky, when it's even hotter, yep. and it could be 60 degrees mm-hmm. in that little jip. And I was, I was as proud as, of him as I could have been of anybody that, you know, you only got so many years once you get to be 74. Um, and I was really proud of him. Placing, um, another guy that made the top 10 at that world hunt was Earl Reynolds, which okay. I thought was really cool. He's no spring chicken either. Yeah, And I'm kind of proud of that, that, that the sport can – you know, have people that are young or old and be competitive and have success. Yep. You know, and, uh, I was, you know, I was kind of proud of that, that, you know, two dogs from New York placed in a world hunt is definitely everybody thinks of New York is New York city. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard that 200 times in my lifetime. I haven't heard it once and it's, it's really very far from it. You know? Oh, exactly. There's plenty of <laughs> rural areas in New York. <laughs> Oh, there's a lot of woods up here. It, yeah. and it's it's like I say to folks, like comparing most of New York to New York City, or to say Buffalo or Rochester or Syracuse, New York, is like comparing all of Indiana to Indianapolis or all yep. of Kentucky to, to Louisville. Yep. You know, it, it it it's like almost two different worlds when you leave when you leave New York City. It's it's a different world up here. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the northern half of our state's pretty conservative and. Uh, you know, you don't have to lock your stuff up at night. It's, it's pretty nice. You yeah. know, you can leave the keys. I left the keys in my vehicle forever. I probably started taking them out when my boys turned teenagers, to be honest. <laughs> uh, and, uh, it's pretty safe and, uh, uh, pretty, pretty nice up here. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's great weather to hunt in, in the spring, in the fall. Uh, winter's tough because of the deep, you can get the deep snow. Oh yeah. Um, but like your, your, your September, October, November hunting is probably, the, it, we don't have the squirrels they do in the South, but the hunting's nice. The the walks are nice. The, the country's nice. Okay. And it's not overly hot. You know, I've hunted yeah. in Kentucky and needed an air condition in mid-October, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, and here you don't, you don't, you don't have that here. What kind of but squirrels do you have tr- up there? We have just gray. Okay. And we have, um. We have the grays and the blacks, which are really a gray squirrel just with a different color pigment. Mm-hmm. And then we do have another squirrel. It's a little pine squirrel. Yeah. You probably got them in Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah red, we call them red squirrels. Yep. Make like a chattering noise. My dogs treat those fairly consistently. Uh, when I lived in Ohio, we had some of them out there. We had more fox squirrels than anything out there where I was lived in Ohio. And then here where I live, all I have is grays. But uh, I remember we treated one one time. <laughs> my buddy shot it. He's like, it was a young dog or something, and daggum thing was no bigger than a chipmunk. 
Yeah, they're 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 about like like a chipmunk's tiny. They're twice the size of a chipmunk and less well, than half the size of a gray. This one was. And I, I, I we usually shoot probably up here. I'll shoot me or somebody I'm hunting with. We'll shoot. I don't know, probably ten or fifteen a year because they're hard to see. They're hard to find. They they, yeah. they blast out of a tree like really quick. And and if you do shoot them out, a lot of times the dogs have to swallow them before you get them. Yeah. They got a dog. I, that female dog ate one in one gulp. <laughs> it went down her gullet in one gulp, one yeah. bite. It was gone. I threw it to her. I thought she just chew on it. And, uh, but we'll tree, we'll, you know, tree some of them here. Yeah. We don't have the dense squirrel population that they do in other States. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes, uh, in competition, uh, when you get in a super thick squirrels and your dog's not used to it, it can be tough. Yeah. It can be tough. Definitely. Where on crappy weather, I'll say the dogs up here have a tendency to do fairly well. Mm-hmm. Because they're used to having to get out there and really work for it. Yeah, we and we have bad weather here, like seven months out of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and mostly we hunt um, the grays. I'll coon hunt my male dog a little bit once in a blue moon. That's okay. pretty good on them. And as far as like the 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 competition hunts, I mostly hunt UKC. Gotcha. Like I like their format. Um, I'm a member of the United Train Feist. I'm a secretary. Okay. Um, we have, uh, so we support the UKC program. And it's not that we don't, you know, none of us go to other programs, but that's the one I probably attend. Say, if I go to 100 hunts a year, 85 will be UKC. Yeah. 15 will be others. It's hard to you know? compete in a lot of different registries unless you literally live somewhere that there's a bunch right there in your backyard. Yeah, we, we, we have a club here, and there's a club an hour away that has a few squirrel hunts. Um, we got a, They have a big hunting event in Vermont, which is like three, that's right on the Canadian border. That's about three hours. And they had a squirrel hunt last year to showcase, and they're going to have one this year. Nice. And so it's really UKC. Yeah, you may see an MKC one here or there, squirrel hunter, coon hunt. Yeah. But, but not too often and mm-hmm. the NKC you'll see more down in Kentucky and, and those yeah. places like the WTA is a lot in Ohio, it seems to yep. me. And, um, um, but so mostly I hunt the UKC format, nothing against the other ones. Um, I'll hunt, you know, 10 or 15, maybe NKC hunts a year, maybe 20, depending on who's going or, or what dog I'm hunting. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the UKC format. I like the registry. Um, we try to promote it. Yeah. United Train Feist. We have a um, a great board of officers. I can honestly say that they're the greatest bunch of guys that are selfless. That's you great. Know, these are guys that'll they'll pack their dog in if, if something's not right, and and they'll guide a cast or judge a cast, and and they're all willing to self sacrifice. Um, we've only been around since eighteen. Okay. And uh, we 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 move the program forward. You know, we have a really good Facebook page. Um, just for squirrel dogs and feist, there's nothing mm-hmm. else allowed on it. Yeah, we're very strict about it. Um, we don't let any bad melting go on. Um, there's other places for that. Yeah. Um, and uh, now is 18 when they split the cur and feist within UKC? 17. I think it was 17. Okay. But don't quote me on the year. Yeah. Now I was just curious because I, I know that. You know, unlike some other registries, they split them up. 
Yeah, I don't hunt. Like, I got friends that hunt NSD or, or USDC. Yeah. It, so there's like a little different format with UKC the the feists are separate from the curs and NKC you can hunt curs and feist and whatever together or you can hunt you can have just a feist hunt mm-hmm. I'm sure you could have just a cur hunt because I've gone to just feist hunts in, in NKC okay um, now usually the bigger hunts it's it's if it's like an NKC state hunt or a world hunt it's, everything's drawn out together yeah so you just go and you either give it or you get it you know yep. Um, but mostly I like the UKC format. And I think if you look at dogs, like where I'll say the prolificity is in like breeding and stuff, it Mm -hmm. seems like they gravitate towards the UKC world championships dogs. Okay. Like Chad Wagner breeds a lot of dogs that Mm -hmm. Dexter has bred a lot of dogs. Yeah. Um, I don't know of a lot of other fights that have bred that many, there's that many dogs. It, it seems like you see those dogs reoccurring a lot and surfacing. Mm-hmm. And I that think a lot so. of it is a lot of older coon hunters, a lot of guys that were coon hunters that are coming over are familiar with the UKC format. Yeah. And I think that's a lot to do with it. They know UKC has a high bar. Um, you know, their standards set. And I think, it's getting it's getting bigger. We had the biggest world hunt today, which is in, it's it's small potatoes compared to the UKC World Coon Hunt. Oh yeah, but they all start they all started somewhere. Definitely. You know, if you looked in looked at '79 when UKC had their first, I think it was 1979 UKC World Coon Hunt. I know there weren't the dogs in it that there is today. No, you know it's it's, it it's blown up. Yep, it's yeah yeah it's blown up and and it's gone from. 14 dogs to 37 in four years at the world hunt. So comparing to, to, I'll say that other organizations, we had more dogs in the UKC world show than some of them had at their world hunt. Mm -hmm. Because we had like 14 or 15, I think this year that showed in the UKC world show. Um, And that's, that's bigger. So yeah, that program I'm fond of, it's, it's uh, coming along and, and UKC is, pretty strict about the way things are done they're yeah. not going to let you run a sloppy deal or yeah the, the, the world the ukc world hunt is put on by ukc mm-hmm. so they supply everything for it they send a rep there um yeah. you know it's a it, that's a it's a quality event yeah it's a quality event then the other world hunts that were okay but that one the feedback we got from the world hunt this year was was truly outstanding you, you know that's great um um, with, with, with squirrel hunters, they're kind of a McSnickety bunch sometimes <laughs> about things. And there's this camp and that camp and this philosophy and that philosophy, but you, you didn't see it there. Everybody visited and you really couldn't tell the winners from the losers. And I kind of like that. That's a, that's great right okay. there. Yeah. The, the guys that come back, like after the first round, there was a few guys that left right off. They probably had long drives, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I sat and had lunch with two, two, two my wife and, and two other guys that, it, you know, they, they didn't fare so well in the first round. Mm-hmm. And you, you couldn't tell they visited. We visited about everything from religion to where you lived and yeah. how good, how good the lunch was. <laughs> um, so it's a little, you know, a little different. Um, yep. and, um, it, it, I think it gets a little better and the dogs get a little better every year. Definitely. You know, I, I know Ben, some guys will say, Oh, they were better 30 years ago. I don't think so. <laughs> um, just like the coon hounds when I hunted them in the, in the early eighties, there weren't that many great tree dogs in spite of all the folklore you hear. 
Uh, the tree dogs are a lot better today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, but the, the, the squirrel hunting is, you know, something I hope I can do until I can't do it anymore. Um, I've had a lot of great hunts and, and I've been on good hunts. I didn't win. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, you know, my red male dog did a, put on a clinic in a hunt and I lost the cast. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have something, you have, you have squirrels timber out from under you and you don't see it. The dog gets the pencil put to them and, yep. uh, you know, you have those flukes and, and, and actually the, one of the guy, uh, the guy that, that won the cast didn't, but the, the other guy in the cast wants to breed to my dog. <laughs> and and that's the one good thing about hunts that people don't get. You see dogs from all over the place. Yeah. You know, there's, um, um you, you get to see dogs from different areas. When we had train place days this winter, there was a contingency that came from Michigan. None of us knew them. Never had met them. They had some pretty dang good dogs. Actually, I just got a pup shipped in from them guys. Uh, oh, came last, last week. I've had it a week. There you go. And I would have never met them or known them. Yeah. But, but I, you know, I thought enough of their dogs to get one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some pretty snappy dogs. He put three dogs in the top 10, I think, okay. uh, that hunt. And they had a 10 hour drive. They were Northerners too. Maybe I'm partial to them. Um, and, uh, the, the one, it's the one thing you go to those hunts and you can see what you like and what you don't like. The Yankees got to stick together. The squirrel dog world's, uh, pr- primarily a bunch of Southerners. So it, well, it is, but you know, you, you say that about Southerners. It's I go down to Kentucky, and I I know those guys think I'm a bigger hick than they are. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing you. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know. I, know, I catch a lot of flack when I go down to Virginia to bear hunt, and they're like, "Oh, you're a Yankee." I'm like, "Okay, if you say so." I, I mean, I don't we, talk with a draw, but you know. Yeah, but you know, it's funny. It's uh, uh, I had a guy working for me on the camp, and he kept yarning on about me being a Yankee. You know. And uh, I said, you know what state, you know who Kentucky fought for, don't you? Where Grant got his big push was out of Kentucky. You know, you know General Grant. And uh, the, there's a lot of ribbon over it and stuff. But I know they think, well, boy, this is one backwards guy from up there. He, <laughs> he, he, you know, he, he likes to hunt everything and eat everything. And, uh, uh, he, and I've always liked anything you could do with the dog. Yep. You know, if it's, I've never cared for deer hunting much. I like to eat them. I'll help you skin one. But if it's, if it's dog driven, that's, that's always been uh, my interest. Yeah. You know, I'm right um, there with you. Yeah. Bear hunting's big in New York. People don't really realize that. That's big with dogs. My next door neighbor's a bear hunter. His dad lives down the road, maybe four miles from me. He's a bear hunter. Yeah. Um, We have a huge Northeastern, you know, big game trial here. Yep. For bear hunters, so yeah, it's, New York's it's it's pretty diverse. Squirrel hunting, there's only uh, one, two, three clubs that have squirrel hunts. Okay, there's one way out, probably closer to you, out by uh, uh, between Rochester and Buffalo, and there's one here in Lake Luzerne, and then there's one about an hour west from me that that have a few a year. Gotcha. Um, it's big coon country for coon hunters and yeah. bird doggers are big up here and bear doggers. Yeah. Squirrel hunters, you tell somebody you're squirrel hunting with a dog and <laughs> the first thing you hear is, well, I can sit under a tree and shoot all I want, you know, mm-hmm. but, but here it's, uh, it's new, but, but, uh, old coon hunter I hadn't talked to in 15 years, just got a squirrel dog. Yeah. Now and, you've mentioned that a couple of times and that's something I want to talk to you about, especially cause you got squirrel dogs when you retired and, you got out of coonhounds 
when he got sliced. So I, I don't know, just like this for you to speak to that topic of, of old coon hunters getting into squirrel hunting. Like, yeah. Why? I, I, I think, well, I think it, it, it's a number of things. Um, you do it during the daytime, man. You're not up to four o'clock in the morning. You know, yeah. you're, 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 you're and the one nice thing about squirrel hunting, say, I just want to be lazy in the morning or I was busy yesterday afternoon. I don't have to go at six. Yeah. You know, if I go at eight, I can still get a dog to work out, maybe tree one or two and come home mm-hmm. and still get a day's work done. Yeah. When, I, when you coon hunt, man, you, you're gone at seven, eight o'clock at night and you get home at two in the morning. You don't want to get out of bed. Your wife's poking at you to get up and mow the lawn. <laughs> And, and I think with the older coon hunters, a lot of them don't feel they can keep up with the young guys in a, a coon hunting. Yeah. You know, and again, coon hunting's changed. You know, it used to be you'd cut a dog in a cornfield, right? Or on the edge of a cornfield, they'd make a loop around it, even in a night hunt. You give them 8, 10, 15 minutes, dogs come back, you load them up and go somewhere else. Now you got these dogs that get treated a mile apart. Yep. And, uh, and I just, you, you, you see more and more, there's a whole contingent of guys that they probably still do some coon hunting and they're guys, maybe my age, maybe a hair younger that they're starting to squirrel hunt more in Ohio. Um, um, there's a group of guys there that are doing it, oh, yeah. but I think you're seeing a lot of guys that are coon hunters that are, you know, 50, 60, 70, that are pretty hardcore coon hunters that, you know, they go a few times and they're hooked. They're doing what they do at night during the day. Yep. And you can go in the morning and if you have an overcast day, you can go about any time. Yeah. If you get a rainy or an overcast day, you'll see squirrels move all day. Um, or you can go in the evening or the late afternoon, you know. And I think that's the, the thing that makes it alluring to a lot of folks that they can even go about any time. You mm-hmm. know, you go 2 o'clock and it's 80 degrees, you're probably not going to do too well. But you, you have more options than, than just going at night. So yeah. I, I think it's something that you're starting to see. You know, like this guy that coon hunts, I hadn't talked to him in 15 years. He's a blue tick guy, so we never had a lot in common. But, you know, we were never enemies. We were just good acquaintances, I'll say, you know. Yeah. He visited out of hunt or something, but he's a blue tick guy. And uh, he called me and quizzed me for an hour on the phone about uh, Bice, and he drove to, he went out to Michigan, actually, to try some coon hounds, and he was picking up a feist and bringing it back. Nice. And uh, actually, he brought back my little puppy for me, so it okay. saved me a trip or a shipper. and. Uh, and that's what he said. He don't, and he doesn't want a dog that's going to go 400 yards. He's 70 years old. Yeah. He doesn't want a dog that's going to hunt in front of me a couple, 300 yards and I can get some exercise and hunt. So I think there's, there's a, if you're a dog man, you're a dog man, there's an allure to it. Yep. You know, like when I've had coon hunting buddies that have gone hunting with bird dogs, they have a ball, mm-hmm. you know, and, or beaglers or whatever. I think if, if you're into dogs and you're into dogs. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. But I do think, to answer that, I, you know, I think that's part of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of guys are, are coon hunting and, and it also gives them something. A lot of guys work third shift now. Yeah. You know, so you work, say you work three to 11. When you get home at 11, yeah, you can go coon hunting, but you can get up in the morning and, and take a dog out and hunt for an hour or two and have some breakfast or lunch and, and then you're ready for your next shift. Yeah. Coon hunting takes a toll on you. It, it really does. I think, it, you know, I probably would have had better jobs when I was younger <laughs> and you know, I, I had a lot of late nights. You lose a dog and you don't, you know, you, 
you, you end up leaving the dog because you, you know the telemetry is different now than it was 30 years ago. Oh yeah, Garmin saved us the, a lot. Yeah, yeah, you leave. You know, you have to leave the dog, and you know, you go to work at seven o'clock the next morning. You're pulling to work, and you haven't slept all night. And you still got your hunting clothes on. I, you know, I think there's something to be said for the squirrel hunt, and I think the dogs are a lot smarter. Like they're, they're. I don't know what their aptitude is, but I'd say like squirrel dogs are well above hounds. Yeah. They're probably like the brain category I'd say is probably similar to a bird dog, just guessing. Mm-hmm. But I'd say they're, they're, you know, I've had bird dogs and I have herding dogs. Yeah. And I'd say maybe they're not quite as sharp as a herding dog, but they're, they're above the hound scale. If that makes sense, I'd say. Oh no, definitely. Makes sense. Cause you can teach them a, like they just, I think hounds have gotten smarter. They're not. Yeah, I do. They're still not. I do. Bird dog smart, but, or, or even feist squirrel dog smart, but, uh, they're definitely smarter than they were. And, and, and to be fair to a hound, if you're going to be fair, most people, a lot of these guys, and I was forewarned about this because I've sold a few pups. A lot of these guys make them into pets. Mm-hmm. And so that dog, you know, like my, my one buddy, his, his best squirrel dog, his best squirrel dog lives in his house. So that dog yeah. listens to everything you say or do. Yep. Where you got old, old blue tied out back and, you know, he only sees you at feeding time or poop cleaning time. or. I think you're right. Like, like you said, people... I think it also helps when you make that dog a part of the family and you, you socialize it and it, it's with you a lot more and it's, you tend to just do more with it. And like, as far as training and yes. where when a dog's sitting in the county, you just don't do as much with regardless yeah. and of that, what kind of dog it is. That's a good thing. And it's a bad thing, but if that squirrel don't make it and it bonded with your wife and your children, mm-hmm. how much, you know, there's guys that'll have four <laughs> or five, six of them dogs that can't treat anything. Yeah. And that's the thing, like me and my wife, we're, we're pretty rigid about it. Um, mm-hmm. If they don't make it, they, they, none of our squirrel dogs live in the house. I have a, a kennel outside, but I go out in the garage a lot and the boxes come into the garage and then my buddies are there having coffee, yeah, telling tales, then they can come in and they can see what you're doing. But I don't, I don't have any of them in the house mm-hmm. because that's what happens. If I started bringing one in the house and then my grandson got attached to it, well, Vance Plant has another house dog and I'm not going to have that. Yep. Um, and so it's a double-edged sword. I think I'm bringing them to the house. It is, you know, and, 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 you know, like you said something earlier, you know, the guys that are hard to please usually have decent dogs because they're willing to, you know, it's people that are good at things are usually willing to do things that other people are not. Yep. You know, they're willing to, to, to go a little more or, or and it doesn't matter whether it's squirrel hunting or anything else. They're just willing to do a little more or go a little harder yep. than the average guy. Exactly. And, and, and like this, he's a lot younger than me that lives next door. That's got these bear dogs. He spends an a, enormous amount of time with his dogs mm-hmm. and his dogs are, his dogs are top flight. Yeah. And he's very picky about what he feeds. Um, and I think if you, if you want to have a good dog of anything, you gotta be willing to say, Hey, this dog's not making the mustard. Um, and a lot of times, guys that have good dogs, um, they'll sell dogs that are pretty good. They're just not good enough for them, if that makes sense. Yep. You know, there'll be dogs that um, I sold three or four dogs that people were very happy with, and they were nice dogs. There was just something about them that I didn't particularly care for. Yeah. No. And I know I'm real picky. I can be a pain in the butt. Like, <laughs> I pick, pick my own dogs apart. I don't really – I'd rather talk about my buddy's dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
because I, you know, I'll pick, I'll pick, I pick mine apart every thing they do wrong, you know, because um, I'm with them every day or hunting them four times a week. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I would say if you talk to my buddies, I'm pretty hard to please, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and sometimes I don't like that even about myself. Mm-hmm. But you also don't want to drive from New York to Indiana and have your dog hanging at your feet, your dog leave the tree. No, definitely not. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to drive from Kentucky to Mississippi. Uh, and not, you know, you may not win, but you want your dog to perform to at least a reasonable expectation. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, you, you, you talk about hunts and, and, and different things. So I'll, I'll tell you before we finish about a hunt. Yep. I go to Indiana and what was the hunt? It was their Indiana state hunt. Bad weather was coming in, which is always favorable to me. And I draw two men I didn't know. One guy had a nice big cur, another guy had a big feist, good sized feist. We cut them dogs. I don't know either one of these guys, never met them before. And that one little feist goes sailing, barking like crazy, across this road where I thought I was going to see a rabbit come out. Bang, trees. Two minutes goes up, gentleman starts walking to the tree. I back up on the tree. I got like a squirrel right here, bud. He goes, You do? I said, I got it right here. I said, Yep, plus you up cut him again his dog does it again my dog has not done anything mm-hmm. i'm hunting that red male nothing zero and i'm like he's not a good dog to back he just isn't and uh cut him again i don't remember which one of their two dogs got first tree or second tree but i'm down by over 300 points Jeez. i don't have a point in the card and one time i treat him for third tree it was maybe out of frustration or embarrassment i thought i heard him barking he was not there so i took a 25 <laughs> minus so i'm down three and a quarter and I almost said, hey, these are good guys. I'm going to withdraw, you know? Mm-hmm. But my keys are, like, starting to grind. I'm just like, what is this dog doing, you know? And he just don't cover other dogs good. And, and we're joking. They're, they're, they're good sports. They were good guys. I said, you know, don't think I drove all this distance to bring a dog that's going to do this. I said, because this is going to end badly for one of us. And uh, I was frustrated. Uh, it was a two-hour hot. I'm saying, full, cut him again. And. I had a squirrel and they found it. I shook the vine. I said, it don't matter whether I see it, it's whether you see it. Cut them again, had another squirrel. And the wind's getting worse and worse and worse. And they had a circle tree. Cut them again, their dog's tree. But I, it was windy, it was hard to tell, but I thought they left. And then about 400 yards away, I could hear my dog barking. And I said to the judge, I said, I'd like to go leash my dog. He's just shy of 400 yards. And it was a big, flat, like wet bottom we were in. And it took me a while to get to him. And he kept barking less and less. And uh, I don't play no nonsense. If he stopped barking, I, I stopped. And I put the clock on him twice. And he's a very mouthy dog. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, this is ugly. Is it a hole? Is it whatever? So I get there. And what happened is a big tree had leaned into another tree. And he was up. I'm just shy of six foot. I'm like 5'11". So I had all I could do to reach up and pull him out of that other tree with my, with my fingers. Because he went right up a big limb. Yeah. And so it was all wet, and, and I grabbed him. I yanked him out of the tree, knocked my my safety glasses off, and I leashed him up. And I I just wanted to stay quiet until somebody came. I didn't want to scare a squirrel out if there was one there. Mm-hmm. And I just just sat there, found the stump, and sat on it, and sat there. And my dog would bark every now and then. And here comes one of the guys. He goes, "You look for your squirrel?" And I said, "No, I didn't. It don't matter whether I see it. I got to have you see it." And uh, he goes, well, I left my dad and the other fellow. They're, they're searching that tree. I figured I'd better get over here for the hunt was over and help you look for your squirrel. And he goes, you didn't look? I said, no, but I stood up and I go, I think I see something in that tree. The next tree over, 
Yeah. But it was like one of them shag bar kickeries, and it was just a knot. I'm not the best squirrel finder. And he goes, buddy, I got your squirrel right here in that tree. That that tree's going up. Because at first he gets there, goes, where's your dog tree? I said, you see that big wet spot up there? About eight feet, eight and a half feet. <laughs> I go, he couldn't get past that limb. That's where he was treed. So you got, you know, so many steps, which I'd say to anybody else, you got so many steps on each side of that mark. You had a pretty good watermark there. For feet boss. And we found the squirrel. But the moral of that story was I was down all that distance. I came back and won that cast. Wow. And that was like my favorite hunt of the year. It wasn't like a significant hunt. Mm-hmm. but I'm like, I came like from the depths of disaster out of it and, and I, and I won it yeah. and they were good sports and, and, and good guys and they had really good dogs. And mm-hmm. you know, if they'd have had a couple of them circle trees, they'd have saw the squirrel, they'd have win. And it's, 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 I always said, rather be lucky than good. Yep. And, and, and that was kind of a, you know, that was like of the whole year, the world hunt was nice placing of that and the world hunts, but that was like my favorite hunt of the year. I just, you know, I didn't withdraw them. I just stayed in the game. Mm-hmm. And and I was lucky. I always say I was lucky enough to pull out the win. Definitely. But when you're traveling those distances, you know it's one thing if I was only going an hour to a hunt or thirty minutes to a hunt, then you bring whatever. But oh yeah, you know like like this fall, I'll make a trip and I might stop to a hunt somewhere on the way to Kentucky. And you don't win them all. You're not going to win them all. That's just the nature of the game. Oh, take definitely. your losses, take your wins. Try to be a good sport. Yep. And have a little bit of fun and meet some really great folks. Um, and it don't always go your way. And if you understand that, then, then you're way better off. You don't get overworked or underworked. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. and it's a good sport, Ben. Um, you know, I'll say I've hunted in a lot of hunts and I've only ever seen like bad characters on three casts. And I always find that, you know, the guys will talk about like the bad experience and stuff. Mm-hmm. Most of those folks don't go to any hunt. <laughs> You're probably you know, right. They'll badmouth people and they'll talk about things and you've never seen them or met them. You know, um, they may be from Camp X and they're friends with somebody that may have gone to a hunt at some point in their life. Yeah. But most of the guys are, are you know, good. Like yeah. my grandson, six, when he turns eight or nine, he wants to go to a hunt. I think the guys will treat him like gold. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, they'll, they'll treat them well. My wife's there. They're, they've always been respectful and kind and nice. And um, a hunt I was on, five days in Mount Orb, Ohio, I drew a gal. It was her first hunt. Mm-hmm. And uh, her husband hunts quite a bit. He's, he's a pretty good competitor. Um, and I had a road with me. I'm not sure. And he he come over and he said, hey, I said, your wife will get treated just like one of the guys, but she'll get treated fairly. Yeah. And I go, wouldn't you treat my wife the same way? And he goes, yes, I would. So she came. She had a good hunt. I won the cash. She did not win. And when we got back, he came over and he thanked me. But it really should be like that for everybody. Like my wife should be able to draw maybe somebody that maybe don't care for me or my dogs or my friend's dogs. Yeah. They're still going to be respectful and courteous and professional. Yeah. And, 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 And 97 out of 100 people have been like that. You know, I've only been at the Feist thing since 2018 and well over a hundred hunts. I don't know how many hunts actually. <laughs> I, I, well, I know my red male made the hall of fame in UKC. Wow. This spring with 50, he had 50 castlings. Yeah. So he's the second place to make the hall of fame. There's only one other place that made it. And who's first? So he's probably, huh? Who's first? 
Chad Wagner's Bulldog. That's what I, I, I thought Chad, one of Chad's dogs was. Yep, he, he was the first Hall of Fame dog. I believe my dog is the second. I don't think there's another one. There could be, there could have been, but I know his dog was definitely the first. Mm-hmm. And that's one heck of a dog. You unstrap him, you're, you're hunting a squirrel dog there. Yeah. Yeah. I've drawn him. I pleasure hunt with that dog. Um, he's the real deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I, he's, a, he's, a, he's a tough draw. And again, I say, look, he'd been in the UKC world hunt. He's placed fourth twice, second once. Then this year, it wasn't anybody's fault. We had a great club we were hunting out of. They'd had a bunch of rain. He ended up in the bottom, and the only thing they treated was a coon. So he didn't advance. So there's luck involved. And there's, oh, yeah. You know, and, and it was, you know, it's like he said, I'll hold it against nobody. That guy didn't know we were going to get, like, just rain overnight. Yep. Um, and, you know, and that was the spot they had, and, and, and that was it. And, and, you know, a bunch of us have hunted with that dog. We were shocked they came back with nothing, because usually he'll make something happen. Yeah. But yeah, he, he, he's well, the he first. Did. Just a coon. Yeah, it was a, they treat a coon. And he'll treat coons and, uh, you know, things. And, and most of them squirrel dogs treat other things. Or Oh, yeah. Uh, They're all game. You know, yeah, they, they can, like, I think some strains are more gamey. Like, I'll say, uh, I think the bargers are very gamey. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I could just take one of them turning it into a herd dog. Or turn it into just a strict coon dog. Like my red males chased everything from wild hogs to armadillos <laughs> to squirrels. He's treed woodchucks. Yeah. So he, he, he's kind of refined himself over time with a little correction. But yeah, we had a hunt one night. We were hunting in Tennessee and it was uh, a guy brought us there. I thought he was our friend. And uh, we cut them dogs. And my dog's pretty gritty. And uh, his dog is related to my dog. His dog's pretty good. Chad's dog, not so much. And, you know, it's disputable on whose dog barked first. But the dog barked. We got there. Chad's dog's under the tree. And there's this big blown over tree. And my dog's up under it trying to pull something out of it. And they're not barking like it's a thing, squirrel. And, uh, Bella. So we're all <laughs> laughing and joking. And there's a lot of jesting going on between me and Chad, Chad Wagner and Donald Barnes. We cut him again. And my dog lets out a swoop. And Wagner goes, that's another armadillo. I go, that's a squirrel. We come over and knob. I never, knew, I don't know nothing about armadillos. Yeah. Those things are fast and they can jump really high. Didn't know that. My dog was trying to snatch it out of the air. It would have been a cool picture. And that armadillo jumped out of his grasp and dove straight in a hole. Jeez. And, and we got into two there. Then we get a recut, treat some squirrels. And, and then we heard a few barks. And that's all you'd hear is like a long hoop every now and then, like almost like a hound locate. Yeah. And we're walking along and my buddy Donald, he's, you know, he's in the seventies and his pace picked up pretty fast. <laughs> and he goes, I know that's another armadillo. I go, why do you keep saying that? He goes, cause I know your dog's the only time your dog's barking is when he's coming out of a hole for air. <laughs> and it was, it was, but that's the only time we ever got into the armadillos. But yeah, I think some strains of the feist, like, and I'd say the Bargers, and I think if you talk to Stacy, he probably, they're pretty gamey. Mm-hmm. And some of them, I think, are a little more refined toward, toward the squirrel. Like, like my female has never treated anything but a squirrel, a fox or a gray. Okay. Um, and I'd say so, but I think them, that some strains can be pretty um, um, tenacious toward, 
toward toward other stuff. And and it's yeah, funny right. when you treat a woodchuck. My wife treated a woodchuck the other day with her young dog. She's treated a couple. Yeah. I hope it don't become a habit. Um, um, but we get them around our farm, and they like sweet grass, and so we'll have a fair amount of them. It seems like there's a bumper crop of them this year. And a lot of guys like that. They want dogs that are just going to put stuff up a tree, you know? Well, in all reality, that's the way a lot of feist have been bred is just, you know, farm dogs that were there to basically keep the vermin off the place. So, so whether that was a possum, a coon, you yep. know, a, a groundhog, squirrel, whatever, it was keeping everything away. And, and you know, I've seen a lot of feist that were great for killing rats and mice too, so. Well, that would probably be like I had a Jack Russell one. Um, and that would probably be some of the terrier blood in them yeah. shining through because they're, yep. they're really good ratters and, and vermin dogs. You know, when I had horses and mules, right, coon hunt mules and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I had that Jack Russell that had an Airedale. There was nothing on my property. Yeah. If it didn't belong there, it was not going to be there. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be there very long. It didn't matter what it was. And, you know, and, and over time, for guys that are, you know, serious breeders the breed gets refined just like the coonhounds have been refined yep right because now you don't have to breed in something else i know hey i'm going to breed my gyp and i hunted with so-and-so's dog in michigan i think that might make a good cross his dog's all feist for three or four generations so you know over time i think especially following the ukc program the breed standards are fairly rigid you're going to see more uniformity. Yeah. You know, you're going to see it more um, where you'll walk up to a dog and say, Hey, that's a feist. That's a tree and feist. That's a mountain feist. Yeah. Um, the mountain feist breed standards are very strict. Yes. Uh, they're, they're stricter than the train feist standards. The, mm-hmm. the, the train feist standards got stricter under the last rules committee. Okay. Um, and uh, so, you know, the goal is to get them, where you, you, you walk at me, hey, that's a place, mountain or train. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get there. Um, more dogs are getting registered. Uh, the UKC, major UKC hunts are coming more prestigious, I'll say. Or there's, oh, there's, yeah. You know, more guys want to, they want their, their, you know, their dog on the bench. And with that will come refinement, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I think it'll, it'll help it overall. I Definitely. think it'll make it better. No, I and you know, a guy, a guy said to me, Ben, uh, I don't know, there was like a dispute over something. And he said, you're a newbie. And I said, I am a newbie with feist, but I'm not a newbie with dogs. Mm-hmm. And if you got a herding dog, you want it to herd. Yep. If you got a coon dog, you want a tree coon, stay coon or a foxhound or a beagle to do what they do. The formula is not that hard. You, you want the dog to do what you want it to do, not necessarily what it wants to do at that time. Exactly. And, and, and it takes, it takes work and effort. And, um, the feist are, are a ball dome and, and I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you even spent any time with me. And I was kind of shocked that you even called. <laughs> well, I really do you, appreciate do you, do you. Do you look at our UTSA page? Yes. I'm on that. Okay. Cause we do a topic Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we keep it, you know, really above board and try to keep it professional. Yeah. And, uh, so there's a, there's a whole slate of us. I know people see, Hey, oh, it's topic Tuesday. It's advanced plant. It's really not me. 
because well, some of the questions come from the board members or, or we'll talk and it okay. might be something a hair controversial. I'm like the mouthpiece for it and I'll type <laughs> it up or my wife will type it up, but it's, it's a group effort and our yeah. board works together on everything. There's no, the one thing I'll say about the UTFA is there's no singular. That's great. It's, it's, it's a group. If, yeah. if something comes up, there may be some minor detail like a meal that's being served or, but anything major, there's phone calls made or now with messenger, they go on messenger. Everybody yep. says, Hey, this, this, this is coming up or this is coming down the pike. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 I never mind where you think, Oh, this is one or two guys doing this. This is a eight, I think there's eight people on our board, between our board and our mm-hmm. officers from a whole bunch of different States. And we work cohesively together and we don't always agree. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll say for an example, I could call, you know, any of them, Cody Barnes, Chad Wagner, Donald Barnes. And you can tell when it gets to a sticking point, we'll say, well, let's, let's think about this idea in a day or two. Yeah. And then the other guy might call and say, well, I thought about it in a day or two. Your idea is really good. Mm-hmm. And the guy might be the opposite. Well, I listened to what you said. Now I think my idea is really <laughs> stupid. So we, I like our group because we don't dig our heels in. Yeah. You know, we, we, we try to stay. There was a, a, a couple big rule changes um, that were better for the organization and, and um, in the breed standard. What, um, if you don't mind kind of going over some of those rule changes, what were they? Uh, the, the, the rule changes um, for the breed standard. A big thing is a lot of folks, and this is important, think you can register any dog as a feist. Not true. A lot of folks think, well, a feist is a small cur. Again, not true. A, a, a feist has different features. Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the big rule changes we made a couple of them. I can't remember every one of them right offhand. There were several, but one was the pigment of the eyes has to be amber, which is like a dark yellow, not a light yellow. It's a dark. Okay. And the eyes have to match with the features of the face. And the other thing is, was the ears and the headset. So one of the big changes that came out of the rules committee and, and, and we did segments. It probably took us at least a week to go over the, over the breed standards. It wasn't like one thing thought because, We'd go through each one, questions, comments, suggestions. And then if a suggestion came in, say, on the eye color, then there was a discussion, debate, and a vote. And when the vote was over, it was over. It was something I proposed and didn't pass, and I couldn't say I was getting support. But I just usually the person would say, well, it's, it's not getting support. Let's move on to the next thing. And so the eye color, to get away from um, some of the herding dogs people try to breed in, Okay, a lot of them would be light-colored eyes. And a, a big one was the ears. Um, you know, you can't have hound ears. You can't have ears. I, I should have brought the breed standard with me, but you can't have ears that lay flat against the head. Okay. So like a Labrador's lay predominantly flat against the head. Right? Yeah. Can't have that. Um, they got to be short to medium length. So they got to have some cock to them. Mm-hmm. And um, there's like three or four ear standards that are acceptable. Gotcha. The height cannot exceed 18 inches. That's Rigid, rigid, rigid. Yeah. And so to register the dogs, you have two ways to do it. You either send all pictures and pedigree to UKC, they inspect them, and send you back your papers. Or our officers and board board of directors are on a list. Mm -hmm. So I can physically inspect. Do you want to register a feist that's not registered? I can physically register it. How to pass the breed standard and the height standard. Yep. So 
it was the ears, the eyes. Um, there might have been a couple other changes, and they seem insignificant, but they weren't. And to get people to go along with it and buy into it, it takes a lot of work. Oh, yeah. And, sure. and, and today there's some dogs that don't make it. You know, there's um, – um, and UKC has been a great partner. They, um, If they get a questionable dog, they'll kick it back to us. Now, out of curiosity, what happens if you were to get if you were to breed two registered dogs together and get a dog that doesn't fit the standard? Then it's out of standard. It's still registered. Okay. So, so say it's say it's you can't really stop it from hunting, to the best of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. But it won't be in a show. Gotcha. And if it's over eighteen, no matter what. I didn't know if there was any it, disqualifying faults or anything. There are. That would like a like with um like I have leopards. So if a dog yep. is more than two thirds white, it's not registrable as a leopard, but it's eligible for like an X bred registration. Yep. Yep. We don't have X bred. You're either fleeced or mountain fleeced. Mm-hmm. So dogs that that are eighteen or less that fit the breed standards are in. Mm-hmm. But say you got to say you came to a hunt. And your dog was already registered, so maybe it was litter registered, and you had a dog that was off-colored eyes. Yeah. Again, this this is not gospel, but you'd still be able to hunt it. Yeah. Because it was already registered, but it's okay. an off-standard dog, and so most guys aren't going to continually breed off-standard dogs. And those things wean themselves out. Like I don't, you're you're a lot younger than I am, mm-hmm. but like watch eyes used to be a big thing in a lot of coon hounds. You know what I mean by that? No. Like it's an eye that's one color and an eye that's another. Okay. So like uh, I had a watch-eyed dog, and don't believe the myth that they're better than other dogs. I got rid of them, and I might have had a couple <laughs> of them, but he had one blue eye and one dark eye, yeah. or a blue eye and a red eye. That's called like a watch eye. Okay. So it used to be you'd see that, you know, I won't say every day, but it, it was common to see him. You'd be at a hunt, you'd maybe see a watch-eyed dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just that's because I don't know if there's any watch-eyed coonhounds anymore. You know, and back in the day, you see walkers with a lot of ticks. So with yeah. the feist, it'll clean it'll clean itself up. Yeah, because it's 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 what the the breeders and the guys that are hunting are going to demand. Yeah. So the breed standards, you know, there'll be another one in about three years. Go over it, whoever's on it. It could not be me. It could be, you know, a whole new slate of officers. We we have elections, and they'll go through and navigate that process themselves. And I always have faith that they're going to do justice and. And not make it so it's about your dogs. It's about the general breed. Yeah. You don't make it, oh, I want them to look more like the plant dogs or the Smith dogs or the Jones dogs. No, just just do the breed standard to the best of your ability. Want the dogs, the generic breed standard. Yeah. And then the hot rules we changed. There were a couple changes. Now, the breed standard is just the UTFA. We we, we go over that with UKC with our, with our suggestions, and they accepted the changes. Okay. Now, now on the hunt, it's a whole different thing because you have the Mountain Place Association. Mm-hmm. So we 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 put together a list of all the hunt rule changes we want to change, and so did they. So then we got to get together with UKC because they do have the final say in that. Yeah. You know, you can't come up with some cockamamie thing, mm-hmm. and so they 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 just know how to do things. They just put it on there, what the change was, and you know what it pertained to. And everybody had a vote. They could ask a question. They had a vote. And there was a couple changes that were for the better. One was going to a tree. Because before, if, if you treat in 
and we walked into your tree and say your time started, five minutes started, mm-hmm. and my dog treed, I could go to my dog. I didn't have to stay and score your tree. Okay. I'd have to come back and help you score it. That was a big change. Once that clock starts on that dog, you got to stay there. Perhaps your dog's treat or not. Okay. You can treat your dog, but you're not going to go to your dog for five minutes or yeah. until that squirrel who was seen in that tree scored. And so there were a few subtle changes. And you know, the funny thing is, uh, uh, not the funny thing is, the good thing is, we were all unanimous on all of the changes. That's great. All the changes that went into effect, both groups were, they listened to them. And there was only a few. There might have been three on the hot rules. The hot rules are pretty good. Mm-hmm. And they were all they were all accepted unanimously. Good. So there was some cohesion there, you know, between the two groups. That's great. And you know, the coon the coonhound rules things have changed over the last forty years significantly. Oh yeah. You know, they changed. The bench show rules have changed significantly. Um, and so if the feist and the curs, which I don't do with the curs much, we'll have some cur hunts here and there. It'll change, it'll evolve. You know, it'll get better. Yep. You know, it'll get better. Definitely. As far as dogs go, they'll. they'll, they'll I think they'll get better. Mm-hmm. I think there's more breeders that are in tune to not just breeding dogs for the sake of breeding dogs for trying to put out a, a you know, something of quality, something people will be proud of. Yep. No, I, I think, think there's uh, more of those guys out there. I think you're definitely yeah. right there. Yeah. I hope I'm right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't ever like to be. I, I'd rather be lucky than right all the time. But I think uh, I, I think it's better. I think more guys really think that hey, you know, um, don't think about who the individual is. Think about the dog he's hunting. Yeah, you know, pretty good dog. And with the feist, there's more like I, I call them camps, like this group and that group. And I don't really belong to any camp or any group. You know, I got dogs now from three different strains. Good deal. And, and yeah, you know, I'll always hunt what I what I think is the best for me to hunt yeah it's never anything personal um but i don't get caught up in, in one line or another you mm-hmm. know i have things i really particularly don't like about some strains of dogs and you know i keep my head down and my mouth shut about that and then yeah. there's other strains that i really I, I think a lot of the breeders and the guys that pack them and uh it's, it's been a fun ride yeah it's, definitely you know hopefully i can do it for at least another 10 years well i hope maybe one of these days i get to meet you at one of these squirrel hunts well, if you ever want to host one in Pennsylvania, I'll make sure you'll have at least three dogs there. <laughs> so, you know, I'll make sure you have I'll make sure you have a dog there. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate taking the time to talk to me tonight. Well, thanks. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media, and until next time, keep them talking in the timber. <laughs>